G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode number 98 of the Outback Mind podcast. Thank you so much for joining in once again. Now, a lot of you guys that have been listening to this podcast know that I am really passionate about... um, helping people change their lives, giving people another chance, giving them an opportunity to see life differently. A lot of guys, a lot of men have been, uh, they've, they've, they've got themselves into poor lifestyle behaviours, drinking drugs, into jail, whatever it might be, through um, basically experiences of trauma that really haven't been their fault. Um, you know, and, and, and in modern times or, you know, throughout generations we've been punished for that trauma and really there's been no compassion with regards to that now today's guest adam drake um, is a beautiful man from the northern territory adam's been working for the last seven or eight years um, heading up an organization called balanced choice where he goes into the workplace he goes into prisons he goes into schools to be able to help people become a little bit more self-aware on how they can change their lives redirect their lives and, and also uh, create new positive lifestyle behaviours and habits and he's had some tremendous results with that tremendous results with Indigenous Australians and just uh, is doing an amazing job and um, you know I, I believe that Adam uh, is at the forefront of, uh, of cultural change here um, to be able to break cycles and help people live happier healthier lives which is you know why we're all here right we're not meant, meant to be miserable and stressed and depressed and all that you know if we can help people uh, with the tools to be able to learn these skills and everyone's life can be great and you know that's the way it's meant to be so really enjoy uh, so i really hope you enjoy this conversation and can share it with others Uh, just want to make a special mention to our primary partners green nutritionals who provide awesome green organic superfoods that uh, can really supplement our physical and mental health so uh, if you'd like to check out their website greennutritionals.com today .com.au, please support them. Uh, their products are available all around Australia as are Pure Life bakery products. So Pure Life provide uh, organic sprouted breads. So when the grains in our breads are sprouted, the digestion process in, our, process in our bodies work a lot better and that helps our mental health. So their products are also available around Australia. I'd really love you to check them out and support them. PureLifeBakery.com.au Alrighty, listen to Adam and I going at it here. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, this chat. And please, as I said, share it with others because it may be very helpful uh, to all walks of life, all ages and abilities. Adam Drake, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Thanks, mate. Good to be here, brother. It is, mate. I'm I'm so grateful uh, to be having this conversation, mate. And uh, we're a little bit pushed for time today, unfortunately, uh, but I reckon we're going to um, going to get through quite a bit of content here about yourself and uh, and what you're doing now to be able to help humanity, mate. So I'd, I'd really be grateful for you to give us a bit of a, a rundown of your own background, both good and bad, um, from, you know, yep. from your young fella days all the way through to becoming an adult and sort of how you become so compassionate about what uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, wow. It, it, it'll start right back at the start then, I suppose. I, uh... <laughs> I grew up down in Lilydale in Victoria, and mm. I always say part of the reason that I'm able to do you know, the work in the communities I do is I went to a school called Mount Evelyn Christian School, and that school didn't um, teach any other languages except uh, Walpuri in English. Mm. And 
So in year 10, I was given the skin name Jabbanunka and taken out to Yuindamu in the Northern Territory. Next thing you know, I just fell in love with community and, and the work. And, yeah, that was the seed that got planted, you know, when I was a 14, 15-year-old kid. Mm. But there's it, no accident that I do the work now up in the Northern Territory that I do, you know, in you know, correction centres, but working alongside homelands in the Aboriginal communities and just so thankful to be able to go out on country and learn. Mm. But, um, yeah, look, I'll, I'll take you through. I, Mum and Dad uh, used to run a place called Montrose House down in Victoria. Uh, basically, that was a drug-alcohol-type rehab for people who were really struggling. Mm. So I was sort of like a two-year-old kid, and I always say that I kind of had big brothers and big sisters who were heroin addicts and prostitutes and the whole bit, and, you know, they loved me better than anybody. Mm. Uh, and watching Mum and Dad do that work, I'm just super thankful that they guided that pathway for me to show that everybody deserves a chance and everybody deserves love and that we all make heaps of mistakes. Mm. Um, but that didn't then mean that I was going to be some model citizen because I went on my own little rampage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, moved, I moved up to the Goldie when I was in year 11, year 12, Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Um, went through a private school where my dad was teaching. You know, but then after that, got a bit lost, didn't know after I finished year 12, what to do. So I repeated year 12, went to uni, studied education, hated it after about three months, studied business, hated that. Then found this one theatre course um, called Applied Theatre. And my lecturer, Mike Foster, took me up to Numandar Correctional Centre to actually help with a puppet show with four women um, who were just uh, wanting to share their story. And, you know, a year later, those women were out the front of the puppet show. They didn't need to hide behind the puppet anymore and they were actually telling their stories to people. Jeez. And I, I, I just saw the beauty of theatre. But I then, you know, worked alongside... Um, after that, I graduated. I did a bunch of theatre with Queensland Arts Council, Queensland Theatre Company, um, toured around shows um, around a lot of Aboriginal communities, like Palm Island, Kaunyama, uh, Weeper... Uh, Aracoon, and mm. look, I, I enjoyed that, but I found that a lot of that work was fly in, fly out. It was also very much you'd come for a week and then never see the community again, and I went, wow, if you're going to bring things to communities, you kind of want to invest and stay there and really be there for a long period of time. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a sugar hit if we're just dropping a program in for a week and then leaving. Yeah. So, yeah, I learned a bit there, so... I actually took my fiance at the time out to Tennant Creek. I was weighing up between Tennant Creek and Aracoon. Um, I ended up going with Tennant Creek. I moved there with my fiance at the time. My mum and dad went out there uh, as well, and they uh, worked at the art centre out there and also the development unit. Fell in love with the Warramunga people out in Tennant Creek and. But if I'm going to be really raw here, I crashed in that place. Like, I remember my fiancé left. Uh, she went back to Cairns with her mum with my just-born daughter. Um, mm. So we'd broken up, and that was really hard. And then after that, our mum and dad had to go back to the Gold Coast and left. And I remember being in Tennant Creek, laying on my couch, struggling with alcohol and watching my dog run from under the fence and run away from me and I went 
Yeah, wow. You know, even my dogs left me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, that was the place, mate. That's, that's rock bottom. That was pretty close to rock bottom anyway. And uh, I go back to tenant these days and do a lot of work. And it's a major change from the person I was when I was there. Mm. Um, I then still I moved up to Darwin after that and did a bit of work with Corrugated Iron Youth Arts and did some theatre stuff. But again, ended up in rehab up there because of my grog problem. Mm. Um, I remember sitting under a tree with three bottles of wine. I'd been kicked out of my parents' home because I'm just being stealing all their grog. And they just said, look, you know, it's time for you, you know, to go. And so I sat under that tree drinking wine and crying my eyes out. Two broken relationships, two beautiful girls who I, I wasn't having much to do with because I was being a really crap dad. Mm. And I ended up in this rehab and I always say my daughter said to me one day, Dad, I want you to stop drinking. And, you know, when I was in that rehab and also when I was under that tree, I just went, I've got to be better than this and started to slowly change. Um yeah, I still wasn't, you know, healed or even close to healed and I started my program, Balance Choice, back close to eight years ago now and, you know, that's I use theatre, fitness and hope theory. I go into Dondale and all the prisons and when I went into Dondale, those kids who, you know, cop such a bad rap, the staff in there who cop such a bad rap, they, they loved me more than I loved myself. Mm. And I always say to the kids, even now, when I go into Dondale almost every day and train those kids, I said, you know who actually helped me fix me? And they're like, who, who? I said, you. And you, and you, and you. Because mm. you loved me before I even liked me. Mm. And the kids in the prison, the kids in the adult, uh, sorry, the adults in the, in the system up here, the kids out on the homeland, they loved me so much that I actually realised, I started realising I deserved that. Mm. And I also realised I needed to be a better adult, so I became consistent, reliable, worked on my integrity, my mm. character. Mm. And I now look in the mirror and I really like the bloke who's looking back at me. It's mm. a hard thing to do, eh? Yeah, so that's the journey, brother. Unbelievable, mate. It sounds like from, like a lot of that uh, is present for myself, you know, the same journey uh in many ways like the booze and all that sort of stuff and uh how that can sort of just dictate your life primarily and how easy it is to fall into it but you know it's interesting why is it as guys that we uh that we punish ourselves like you had a pretty good upbringing but then you fell into that and all of a sudden it really consumed you have you ever like looked back and thought why why this happened yeah look i yeah i remember one day my counselor said to me adam why do you why do you wait for everyone to save you when you can save yourself? Mm. And that really hit you know that hit a spot with me. So every relationship breakdown I had because I wasn't good at relationships. I always say I've got a doctorate in broken relationships. Mm. Um, but I, I'm luckily now I've met an amazing uh, woman who I've been married to for a couple of years. But um, every time I couldn't handle the hurt, I just wanted to mask it. Mm, and mm. any time I had anxiety, I just wanted to mask it. Mm. And so I was using grog just to really calm me down. But the problem is you've got to come out of that grog at some point. And I wasn't doing well coming out of it, so I'd just keep drinking. And mm. you know, the sadness was kind of overtaking me. 
I realised, you know, I, I started to look at myself and think I was all the things that I'd been, which was a terrible dad and, you know, letting the kids down and, you know, telling the kids I was going to be there and not turning up for them and just stuff that I regretted. But until you start to forgive yourself and move forward and start to show change through your actions, no one's going to believe that change. And, yeah, I, I like where I've ended up so far and I look forward to the journey ahead. Yeah, I don't think this is uh, part of what we've planned, mate. I think these things happen for people like you and I for a reason. So we, we actually go through all the shit. I remember being 18, <clears throat> like having like, like so much, I wouldn't say reliance on booze, but like just being stuck in this cycle that I couldn't get out of. A voice come to me then yeah. and said, you've got to go through this um, for uh, so you can come out better. And, and uh, mind you, that took 20 years. Um, yeah. You know, it took 20 years before I started to make changes, but there was this under undercurrent underneath it all which was always there that was keeping me propped up to know that there would be a time that I'd be able to come through and then be able to you know be able to be kind enough to myself so I could um you know make make these changes and that if you and I can do it that's available to everyone yes yeah I always say there's a quote that I take to the kids a lot brother and it grow through what you go through Mm. and you know, you've done that, I've done that, and a lot of these young kids who are getting locked up for the first time or for the tenth time. Mm. You know, they need to see some adults who don't pretend to be perfect, who do wear their, their authentic about what they've been through, mm. and then give them a chance to show that it's possible there's a new pathway. And, and, you know, pathway thinking is all about the hope theory stuff that we use to underpin our program. And, you know, it's... Um, Seeing kids find new tracks is pretty cool. Yeah, oh, mate, absolutely it is. You know, I don't know whether, look, if I had someone like myself or yourself come along when I was 18, whether that would have been mm. strong enough for me for, to make that change. But it would have helped a hell of a lot because it would have planted seeds that might have been able to, to, to bring that forward considerably, you know, because I, I never had a path to go on like you. You know, you probably were a bit confused mm. about what you wanted to do or or who you actually were, what your, what your role is here as a human. But um, mm. we, 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 we seem to get lost, and I just think the educational system's got a lot to answer for because it puts us into a fear, you know, and we, we sort of hit 18, and then we're, we're in this fear mode, and we just try and master fear by boozing or drugs or whatever, but, but that, that compassion for ourselves has been swept away. Yeah, spot on, mate. Yeah, yeah the, the reason, you know, to get to year 12 or year 10 and put that sort of pressure on kids and make them think that the decision they're going to make when they pick a certain box on a form is their life. Mm. Like, where did we think that that was a good idea? I don't quite get that one. Mm, mm, agree. That's it. There's, there's got to be a shift. I believe, um, you know, mm. that, that shift's coming because... The education system is good in some ways, but in many ways it's redundant, you know. And we're having lots of the mental health challenges that we have in modern society now because uh, of all the stimulation that's been you know, put on top of that. Um, but also we don't educate people to understand who they really are and be able to be in touch with their hearts and, and to be yeah. able to manage their nervous system at the end of the day. Like it's a skill we don't learn. We're put into stress, fear, you know, guilt, shame, uh, all these lower levels of consciousness really early, and that can have a really uh, profound effect on our, on our cellular memory, but also our mental balance. 
Yeah, spot on, mate. And I, you know, there, there's definitely some benefits with the way we educate, but it can be better. And I always, you know, I try to approach government and, and different organisations with, you know, don't turn up unless we've got part of the solution. Um, and if we can bring that together and start working together instead of a lot of silo stuff that happens around us all, mm. then we might see some really positive change altogether. Um, I was sitting around a fire in a community one time called Gun Gun out here and adopted for that community and a wonderful man, Yinamala, and he said to me, Adam, he said, you know, we all need to sit around the fire together and we all need to hold hands. Mm. Uh, and I love that. And there's also a quote that Mother Teresa said that sometimes we forget we belong to each other. Yes. Uh, and they're all things that I just think are part of this solution going forward. Well, mate, you know, we're all working for the same boss. Um, <laughs> you, you know, whether you believe that you're from a particular religion or culture or whatever it may be, you know, the universe mm. is really what governs what's going on here. If we work with it, it can be beautiful, but if we work against it, it will work against us. And these are the things that the Indigenous mm. cultures actually understand. And, you know, you mentioned Mother Teresa, people like that, that actually have got a connection to their heart, that they know that there's so much more to life than the way that we, we see it above the shoulders in many ways. Yeah, beautiful, mate. I, I sit out on country a fair bit. Miriam Rose, she's the senior Australian yeah, of the year. I've got to meet she's her. She's out in Daly River. Yeah. And she, she said to me recently, she said, Adam, go with the flow of the waters, don't swim against it. That's and, right. yeah. yeah, all the stuff she does around the dairy is just amazing, which is about listening to country. And I say, mate, when I get to go sit on country, I just feel like I've gone to university and I'm soaking in learning, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. It's there for us every day, mate. Like you, you've, we, we, we're so disconnected from nature. We're being denatured consistently, you know, sitting in offices, rooms, like a school desk, for example, is so far away from where, you know, a, a young boy should be or could be because that's where they can mm-hmm. actually learn when they're, they're natured rather than being denatured. Um, you know, and a lot of that sort of uh, goes into our adult lives. You know, we, we've got to get back and touch the feet on the earth and get back to things that help our nervous system settle down because this is what was created for us. If, uh, would you agree? And I just think that, um, uh, you know, life can be absolutely beautiful if we're just showing the pathway to be able to, to access that. And what Miriam Rose said uh, was was exact, exactly right, you know, to be able to, to go mm-hmm. with it rather than against it, and then everything comes into line. Yeah, that's it, mate. It's um, going for those long walks and just seeing what nature wants to tell you is such a beautiful thing, and uh, just got to keep your ears open and your eyes open too, don't you? <laughs> mm, you do, and, and but we, we, we have the opportunity to be able to, to see what, what nature's telling us by... The, the activity that's going on with, with, with you know, wildlife, animals, trees, uh, all these sorts of things that are actually just going with it, you know. And when, when our mind is at speed so much that we're not actually seeing it, that's when we've got to have a reset. And, um, yeah, some of the things that you're teaching out there, uh, but you also that you're learning from these, these Indigenous cultures is, is, is really what's needed in humanity. And I just believe Indigenous Australia's got so much to teach us it just hasn't um, been uh, been accessed yet. Um, that, that we've got one of the best, or if not the best, healing grounds in our own backyard. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's why I moved to the territory in a lot of ways because it's really it's so it's around us one hundred percent. And I just 
Uh, this morning, I'm out in Nullamboy at the moment and I just came in from the homeland, which still function quite traditional in, in a way and it's just beautiful out there. Mm. But there's two young kids from out there, not that young, because they've just had, had a baby and I've seen them down the shop. They said, Adam, come and, come and uh, hold your grandson. And I just sat there and held this beautiful little baby and saw these wonderful two kids from the homeland and they said, you know, this is your grandson and just to be connected like that Jeez. oh mate it just blows me away i said you guys made me cry in a good way today you know so precious how do you think that you were able to be embraced from a, a by a community like that what 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 were the things that that happened to you or how was your life able to flow you know easily within that sort of uh, environment yeah, look, you have to tread carefully. Uh, when I say carefully, softly is probably the right word and pay respect to every land that you walk on. Mm. And there's so many different ones within Australia. But um, I'd been invited out with Lena Poy Homelands to come and do the work out here. And when I go out to those communities, I run a lot of my activities, the theatre and the fitness. And But we then converted into Yongle Mata, so it's actually going to stay out in community in language um, and after a period of time you get little experiences that then lead you closer to being connected uh, to each of the family so there's a guy out in Gun Gun his name is Jamaka um, I remember very clearly that I was running a workshop and there I'd finished the workshop and I was feeling a little bit proud of myself I thought oh that was a really good workshop <laughs> I should, shouldn't have been doing that but I sort of walked away going, that was a good one. And this little three-year-old kid just come up to me with a book and start sort of raising its hands towards me. And I'm like, well, what do you do if a kid raises his hands towards you? I suppose you pick it up. So I picked the kid up, put it on my lap. Kid opened the book up, pointed at a crocodile and says, Baru, Baru, Baru. And I'm like, crocodile, Baru, crocodile. But the kid nods, then says, Bapi, Bapi, and points to the snake. And I said, Puppy snake. And mm. in that moment, I realised that the three-year-old was teaching me. Yeah. Oh, and amazing. to not get a- ahead of myself, that I was the one who was the one educating people. And as soon as that had happened, Jamaka came over, and on a piece of paper he'd written that my skin name was Balan, that my surname is now Gunambara, um, that I am Mana, which is part of the, the shark is my moiety, um, I'm Dua, and then about six months later, he told me that my Aboriginal name was Linderick, and oh. Linderick, which is like a little parrot, probably because I talk too much. Mm, mate, but, yeah, how incredible so you, is that? You, you, yeah, you, uh, you almost, it's an exchange, and you've got to come offering things to give. And that doesn't have to be physical, that can be a heart, mm. but it's really important that you tread softly, and bring yourself to hand over to people and then see what see what is the exchange from that. And I'm just continuing to be super blessed and thankful for all the people who have gifted me stuff over the years. Mm. Mate, yeah, a lot of things were present for me there. Butterfly spirit being one, uh, mm. you know, being able to live with that spirit of, of just flowing and, and, and so forth. But... Also, what what is uh, what is there for a, for a child of that age, which is living in the natural environment, and 
and how they're, they're, they're at flow as well. You know, you look at the modern kid, um, you know, from three to five to seven, that they're, that they're engaged with, with um, external, uh, or sorry, like devices and TVs and so forth. And, um, you know, how once they hit that seven-year age group, how they're sort of put into this fear mode uh, through the system primarily. But, you know, mm. for that young boy to, to stay connected with himself and connected to his country, he's going to grow up being mm. a, an exceptional um, person which can help, you know, influence and change so many people's lives because he's got this deep connection with himself and, and who he actually is and his role uh, on the planet, I suppose. And, and that's where a lot of young mm. guys get confused, you know, where we become disconnected from that in ourselves at the end of the day and... Um, you know, there's so much we can learn from kids and so much we can learn from, from all these other people that aren't so stuck in the mind. And that's the issue mm-hmm. that, that we have with the human mind. It's geared to, to, to be always protective of us and, and looking out for us and, you know, comparative and all these sorts of things. And to be able to strip all that back to get back to the, the real stuff, you know, um, is is so important, mate. So you've had you've had an unbelievable education with regards to what these um, communities and 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 so forth have been able to teach you. And one thing you touched on there, mate, is just belonging. And I, uh, the other week, I was talking to a group of people. When I go out on the homeland, any graffiti that you will see is the totem of the young person. So they will generally graffiti you know, whatever their totem might be. For me, you know, mana, shark. And so that would be what... You go to the cities and see what the kids are tagging and they're tagging their name or whatever, but they... Or it's Crips and Bloods and we've got gang stuff going on and it's like when you lose your sense of belonging and your culture and your identity, you will go and grab these other things to try and find identity. Yeah. And so... I learned so much by just watching that stuff. You know, these kids who are connected to their homeland, to their culture, man, amazing young people. Mm, mm. Oh, no doubt, mate. Exactly right. Well, isn't that, that that's what everyone wants, right? They want connection, community, uh, mm. to, be, to be included, not isolation and, and you know, all the, all the things that, that, that keep us separated. We're not meant to be separated as humans. You know, we're meant to be living in tribe and community and, and, and involved with, with, with things that actually help nurture us and, and do things where mm. we're actually be able to, uh, I suppose, contribute to others' lives because that's coming from your heart, right, um, yeah. rather than being separated. And, uh, and I guess, you know, modern society, uh, when we look at it, uh, does, does really separate us. This is why we need to be able to get back to practices that, that can get us connected. Yeah, it's good, mate. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's, you know, um, there's so much that, that can be, can be learned from Indigenous Australia. I keep saying it time and time again. I've looked yeah. at cultures all around the world and I just think we've got such a profound one that's been put into shock over the last 250 years. You know, yeah. they, they really have been put into shock and, and that, that intergenerational trauma has been passed on and on and on and, I really want to try and give them as much power back as possible to be able to, you know, teach us because there's so much yeah. that's, 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 that's problematic with modern society, um, yeah. which can be, can be like relearned by engaging with these cultures or this culture in particular that can you know, solve a lot of those problems. Yeah, it, uh, I was, 
at a festival in a place called Baniella, uh, also known as Yulpra, the other day, and there was, it's a youth festival, and there was four or five, you know, real champions of the Yongu culture um, speaking, and I just, I just wish I could have brought the whole of Australia there to listen, because these kids are seeing people living a life that's possible for them, someone who travels around the world as a singer. One of them's a dancer with Bengal Dance Company doing amazing work. And, you know, we all need to have people to look up to. Mm. But if we keep pushing down Aboriginal culture, they don't get a chance to shine and be the champion. Mm. Um, if we keep doing Adam Good, then guess what? Mm. There, there's no one to, to cheer or, or look up to because even if they make it to the top, they get pushed down anyway. Like... How we get a bunch of these kids and a bunch of these champions who are doing amazing stuff and put them on our shoulders, let them go further than we've ever been. Mm. You know, that's that's my dream. If in my life I can be a part of just putting some young Aboriginal kids on my shoulders, and I do that balance with them all the time physically mm. um, to, to talk them through, that I'll be a reliable, consistent adult. But I want you to go further than I've ever been. Mm. That's true. Isn't that our role as, as men and humans to be able to help others to, 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 to learn from our experience so that can be passed on to the next generation and beyond and so forth? And, yeah, I think that's the mindset of, of Indigenous Australia, isn't it? To be able to, to help the next generation to, 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 to be more conscious and connected. Yeah, oh, mate, I just sit and learn and, you know, continually am amazed that, if we ask the right questions and we build enough relationships to have a proper discussion, we'll find out how the best way to connect with First Nations people will be. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes you feel calm? My kayak. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I only say that because there's a rhythm to it and a breathing to it that mm. just, mm. and it takes me out away from any external um, voices and pressures oh, could just sit quietly on water and uh, that's where I find a lot of peace. Mm, I also find, I find a lot of peace with just whoever created this, whatever created this, you know, some people call it God, some people, you know, my wife's Hindu, my best mate's Buddhist and mm. uh, my family's Christian and I've grown up around all of it but I don't need to try to push on anybody else what is for me. I don't want to convert anybody. All I want to do is help them leaning closer to whatever they believe. Mm. And uh, that's what gives me my calm. Two hours every morning tapping into that guiding force that's there for us, Mm. doing my breathing, doing my routines, lighting my incense, chilling out, stretching my body. Mm. Um, And then my work, Government's Choice Program that I created, uh, that's exercise, there's a bit of theatre in there and, and we finish with a quote of the day and we can reflect on life together in a group. That was actually my own process of what helped heal me in a lot of ways. So I've just shared it with others to see if it helps them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, unbelievable. But, so that, that keeps me calm and, yeah, so is just listening to nature. Go on, go on for big, long walks, mate, and seeing what the what the world wants to tell me. 
That's right, absolutely. Without without going in there with a busy mind, just going in there. Isn't that the secret of life, right? Like we, we have an opportunity every day to create to experience a day we've never experienced before. We go in with so much expectation without actually like letting it uh, teach us and, and go go with it. <laughs> you know, um, yep. all of life should come to you with ease, joy, and glory. Glory being abundance. Yep. That, that's a, that's a mantra, a saying, which is really profound that I yep. really encourage people to look into. If you can embrace this feeling every morning, then if you go into life and just see what it brings to you and the people that, that, that come before you, then you actually observe them uh, with an open mind rather than a closed one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing I've learned over time, and, you know, I read about it a bit now, a lot of people started to say it, but everyone's a library. Um, mm. And you need to go and spend time in some libraries. I got taught that by Philip and Boralula. I was working at an organisation and I'd offered him a bit of a, a promotion. He said, no, no, I've got to go home soon. I said, why? This is a really good opportunity. He said, well, the library's going to close soon and I've got to get back. And I was like, well, is, is there a library in Boralula? I don't even know if there's a library there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, 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 my, my dad is passing and I have to get there to gather the stories before oh, he goes. Jeez, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I recently lost my dad, like, literally five weeks ago, and mm. it was like that library closed. He's still with me, but that library closed in some way. But mm. because of that story, I spent the last four months with Dad just getting so many stories so that I could pass those stories to my kids. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Amazing, mm. mate. Oh, look, oh, well, my dad's got dementia. He doesn't know yep. what, what happened two minutes ago or whatever. So unfortunately, I'm not going to get near that. But uh, he, yeah. he, he did know the old days really well, but now he's gone past it. But, you know, what? Mm. This, this is another thing, Adam. Like, Dad was a beautiful man and everything, and, and he got put into a nursing home. And I, I was in Tassie at the time, and I, I didn't have much control over that. But I watched him go into an environment that he didn't want to be in and just how his, like, mental health declined considerably, you know? Yeah. Uh, from from being denatured. Uh, yeah. You know, like, like, he loved being on the land, loved being, um, you know, connected with things as he did from a young boy, but that was taken away from him and, and he went into these depressive modes and all of a sudden he's on medication for depression and, and all that. Well, let's have a look at why the things are happening and actually like be able to deal with that. that that's humanity in its essence, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when people in society do the wrong thing, we, we, we punish them by taking them away from the one thing that might help heal them. Yes, that's right. Yep, yep, yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry for, you know, your dad with the dementia, but I, I really hope that there's still some stories can be shared through spirit, you know? Mm. Oh, look, absolutely, mm. mate. Look, I, I, I think about it all the time and, you know, you know dad's father was, um, was in the war and he had family in the war and a lot of that trauma gets passed on as it does with Indigenous cultures, you know? Like, a lot of them have seen lots of stuff and that's gone through... And, you know, a lot of the punishment that happens to Indigenous men has been really caused from trauma that's not their fault. You know, yeah. to, to be able to see that with compassion and to be able to help give them um, ways to move through that uh, and, and be, be, you know, really connected with that rather than, 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 than punishing, you know. It's just like what Mary mm. Rose says, right? You're going with the river rather than going against it. Well, if you're going with the river and helping them on that journey rather than pushing them down, then all of a sudden they're going mm. to, to grow. 
That's it. It's so true. And yeah, the, the, the river will take us to the places and we'll be prepared enough to be able to deal with whatever comes our way. Like, I, you know, sometimes with the kids I work with, I think, oh, has this kid got enough in their toolkit? But the kids teach me about resilience all the time, you know, and mm. there's so many lessons if your eyes are open, I reckon. Oh, for sure, mate. That, that's it, because I just think so many of us have got our eyes shut. You know, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not so much, yeah, much much that, but our hearts aren't open. You know, if we can start to learn tools to be able to open our heart, like life, life can be totally different, you know, it really can. And, uh, you know, you talk about tools for young people, this is a great, great thing to be able to start to teach them. Yeah, and we're, we're given everything in life to draw our attention away from what's actually important. Mm. Uh, and you know whether that be our phones, our, our, our TVs, our, our tablets, and we can get so lost in this world that at the end of the day, it doesn't mean that much. All the beauties around, you just got to. I feel like you can become blind by just getting so glued into that stuff. Oh, mate, I, I actually have been thinking about it a lot lately. Like how how much the television actually controlled my my life, my upbringing, and so forth. You know. And, and all the belief systems you had of what you learned from the TV. <laughs> yeah, mate. And, uh, like, I, I worked with Menzies Health in um, Darwin last week, and we were doing a bit of a survey on young people and doing some focus groups, and we said, what are, the, what are the four things that you believe need to be addressed? Number one, mental health. Number two, sexual health. Number three, access to medical help, as in clinics. And the fourth one was environment. And... Most of the things that were the issues for the kids was the stigma mm. and the stigma around it that was built because their parents never spoke to them about it. Their parents yeah. never showed them that it was okay to talk about your mental health or about sex yes. um, or about suicide. You know, all the things that were taboo for the older generation is everything the young people want to hear and want answers to. And we let them down so much. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, absolutely, mate. A lot of that, that that stuff that was brought into our belief systems, we think's right. But you know, um, yeah, I think my my mum and dad were beautiful people, but a lot of their belief systems was was fear based. You know, um, yeah, and and to be able to like unlearn all that, to be able to be like safe, feel safe enough to to let that go is is a difficult thing to do. But um, yep. I just think, yeah, that that's our role in humanity to be able to help people like feel safe, so they can shift their belief systems into something that, that could be more nourishing. Yeah, and, and the power of your story unlocks somebody else's story. And I, you know, the first thing we did on the phone today is we swapped our stories. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we both felt free to share our story because there was no judgment in yeah. it, and that's the stuff. Mm, that's right, mate. You, you think about a young man that goes, like, I think it's shifting now. I think it's really like people, like clinicians are more open to be able to help people on their journey and walk with them rather than say, this is what you must do, you must do this, you must do that. But, but yeah, to be able to talk openly and honestly and have someone like, you know, that may have walked the path, you know, help you on your own journey, I think is really important. But for, for people to be vulnerable enough to talk about themselves, I think that's uplifting for someone that's looking for change. Yeah, spot on, mate. So many of the fellows I've worked with in the prison have said to me, it's just so nice to have somebody in here 
who doesn't have a clipboard and doesn't want yeah. to keep something off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%, Matty. I, I, I agree with you totally. I've just come out of the government model um, doing mental health work and, you know, I was, I was like Mary Rose, going down the river but they were going the other way. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I could just see I, I'm not going to fit into this, um, although, you know, the conditions and everything around my employment were great and, you know, they're, they're trying to do the right thing, but I just think that there's, yeah. there's got to be a re-diversion at some point in time to say, well, maybe we're doing things wrong here. Maybe we need to take a different approach. And, um, you know, yeah. organisations that have got that heart-based leadership at the top that can actually see things that way, I believe that's where we're going to be able to make significant changes. Yeah, spot on, mate. And look, there's, there's room for both. Like one thing I've done a lot of work. My, my uncle is a doctor of future studies, and uh, yeah, he's the guy that sort of led me into the hope theory stuff. But he regularly talks to me about how you consciously sit with all the different groups out there. Because, mm. you know, I work with police, I work with government, I work with schools and education, I work with homelands, I work you know, with the kids you know, who are considered criminals and all this but it's like, how can you sit amongst those and find the best way to relate so we can change all together? Yeah. And that's what I'm really interested in. Like, I, I don't want to be the bloke protesting down the street with a big banner and yelling at people. I don't want to get within systems and see if I can be a part of change. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And the way I see it now is with compassion. You know, I... I'm the same. Nice. I, I sit with the groups and I sit with the organisations and all I can do is, is feel compassion for it if it's not working to be able to like hold firm in my belief or not so much belief but in my knowing and knowledge and, and, and wisdom, I guess, to be able to, to maybe show that there is a different way and if those, if those different ways are really showing results whereas the other ways aren't, then eventually there will be a shift. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I don't want to have ego with regards to this sort of stuff because it's not about your way's right and my way's wrong and those sorts of things. But all you can do is is just see see compassion for humanity that if maybe things aren't working, you're not arguing against it, you're actually trying to guide it that um, might be, I suppose, more, more beneficial at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a guy who I follow, his uh, father, Greg Boyle, he runs a thing called Homeboy over in LA, and it's just brilliant working with um, ex-gang members and stuff. And he always uh, shares about the fact that uh, it's about connection, it's about us belonging to each other, and it's also just about love and compassion and kindness. And when I hear you talk, mate, I hear that, you know, in all that you do, the way you go about it, you know, Amazing stuff, man. Oh, thank you. I guess that they're the higher levels of consciousness, right? That's what was meant was meant for us. <laughs> you know, yeah, I just think to be able to understand that, you know, it's all the things that that that, that three little three year old little boy knows. It's all the things yeah. that, that we all knew when we were that age. You know, it's all these understandings yeah. and belief systems that we've been grained that have taken us away from that. That's it. And it's, you know, when you talk about no ego and all of those things, like, or, or, or lack of ego there, one thing that I also believe is that if we're, um, if we're telling everyone we want to make a difference and we want to help people and we went out there to do that, that's all about us. Mm. Um, it's actually more about going to these places and letting them change you. Mm. Because that's what's happened in Dondale, in the adult prison. I went in as an 
alcoholic who's only a couple of months, you know, clear, who's just happened to write a program idea and they said, let's give it a crack. And those kids are the ones that affected me. Like, the line is very blurred between who's providing the service and who's the recipient half the time. And that's the beauty of it. Mm, I agree. Well, you're not, you're not, I suppose, you know, you're open. You're not dictating, um, are you, when you go into an environment like that? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You can't, mate. It's just literally sitting alongside people and... Uh, wait, waiting enough until you both feel comfortable enough to open your heart. That, that, that's true. Uh, do you remember school teachers that were, were, were heart-based teachers when you were at school, ones that were really, really nourishing and, and, and you know, giving you, uh, you know, support and guidance? They were probably few and far between back then. Yeah, there's a few that I had, but then there was the ones that actually didn't show any of that, but then in one moment they showed it and it made such a difference to my life. Like there was one teacher, his name was Colin Clark, and he was such a you know, strict old teacher. And then one day I was putting some chairs up in the classroom after everyone had left, and he just walked up alongside me and said, what you just did then, Adam, was leadership. Mm. He goes, that's beautiful, well done, mate, you're a leader. Mm. And he just tapped me on the head, and I'll never forget that old man. You know, yeah. he's passed now. And, but he usually was a cranky old math teacher. Yeah, but he let his heart out once, and blew me away. <laughs> yeah, oh mate, but that's within everyone, right? It's it's, it's, it's within the miserable uh, school teacher. It's him with the, the miserable boss. Underneath all that stuff is this beautiful person, you know. And, and those uh, those um, uh, words are within all of us, you know. Like that 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 is compassion in its essence, isn't it? He's talking to you from his heart. He's not talking to, to yeah. it from from. You know, his identity and, and who uh, the world perceives him to be, you know. And I just think that's our job, Adam, to be able to help more people understand and access that because when you do um, you access those higher levels of consciousness, that's when life opens up, right? Yeah, spot on, mate. <laughs> Amazing. I love talking to you, buddy. Hey, uh, now, mate, how can people get hold of you? Oh, look, yeah, I've got all those social media platforms. I do the LinkedIn, I do the... Uh the Facebook stuff, I post a lot. I call it my fridge door because it's, you know, where do you put the stuff that your kids do that you're proud of? You stick it on the fridge. <laughs> and so I use those platforms as my fridge door just to hold up the kids that get called criminals and bad kids. I just want to change the dialogue. So, yeah, hit me up on any of those, LinkedIn or Facebook, or, you know, you could just, oh, there's an old-fashioned way called email, Adam at balancechoice.org and I'd love to hear from people. Just have a catch up. The website's balancechoice.com.au? Yeah, yeah, www.balancechoice.org. .org.au. Mate, it's interesting. I'm looking at my fridge now and on the left I have a letter from a guy that I was helping out before he went into jail uh, to to say to me that what I taught him has helped him um, go through uh, maximum security to be able to stay wow. balanced and how to stay uh, grounded in his time and he's not far off release now and he, he reckons that the time in prison has been so good for him because it's actually helped him um, recalibrate his life and he's going to come out a better person yeah. but on the other side of that I've got a rates bill <laughs> <laughs> so, well mate you yeah. know, we've got to live 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's, 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 it's the nice stuff and it's also the other stuff that's, uh, that's financial, which is uh, impermanent, right? Yeah. You know, uh, that, that individual yeah. that wrote the letter is, uh, is uh, so much more powerful than the, 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 the money. So, um, mate, really, really grateful for the time. Yeah. We're going to have to have another one of these really soon. Unfortunately, uh, we've had to have a short conversation today, which I'm sure would, could have went a lot longer. So, uh, yeah. mate, so grateful for your time, and I really encourage people to connect with you. Um, if people want to touch base with me, uh, please email me at supportedoutbackmind.com.au. And, uh, yeah, Adam, so grateful for your time, mate. I'm sure uh, yeah. the work you're doing is having such an impact up there, but it's also going to have a flow-on effect to help uh, many other people in the future. So well done. Thanks, mate, and I uh, love you, buddy, and I love watching your work and the way that you tap into the mind, the breath, the movement, you're really starting to open up some keys and put them on our key rings. And by watching and reading your stuff, mate, you've taught me a lot. So I love you, buddy. Love your work. And thanks for everything. Ah, <laughs> uh, cheers, mate.